This is episode 57, Getting Over Blame After a Breakup with Emma. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. And I am finally back in the U.S. after a month of traveling. And I loved every single minute of it. And I love being home, too. It's kind of nice to love wherever I am. And I want to thank those of you who joined me this week for my live webinar, where I answered some of the most common questions I get as a coach and offered practical tools and some spiritual ones too. You can use right away to start busting through your personal roadblocks and challenges. There's a link to the replay of the webinar, which will be up until about October 20th or so in the show notes. So if you just go to christinehassler.com slash podcast, look for episode 57, you'll find the link in the show notes there. One of the reasons I hosted the webinar was to give you a bit of a sneak preview into the Over It and On With It personal mastery course that I'm so excited about. If you've listened to the show or you get my emails, you know this course is finally open for a registration. And if you're on the fence and you have some questions or you want just a little bit more about what the course is going to be about, I encourage you to check out the webinar. Again, the link for that is in the show notes or just go to christinehassler.com slash mastery and that's where you can learn more about the course. And really, this course is for anyone and everyone, all ages, genders, backgrounds, whether there's something you specifically need to get over, like a breakup or debt, or you know, you're feeling pretty good, but there's really something you want to get on with, like starting your own business or making shifts when it comes to your health. Now, you may be thinking, how can one course do all that? So let me answer that in a couple ways. Well, what I've learned over all the time I've been a coach is that, yes, we are unique, but in many ways, we are all so similar. We have our different challenges, but similar things are at the root of all of them. And we also have some core pains and patterns that hold us back. And once we heal and shift those, it moves the needle on a lot of areas of our life. So again, go to christinehassler.com slash mastery. There's two videos for you. I explain everything you're getting in the course. There's a lot of info there. And of course, if you have any direct questions, you can always reach out to me, Facebook, Instagram, write me an email. There's lots of ways to get in touch. Alrighty, so let's shift to our coaching session with Emma, who definitely has something to get over before she can get on with the next chapter of her life. Like many of you, she has a dream, but is up against self-doubt and is facing a lot of procrastination habits. She calls in asking for strategies to get motivated, but as so many of these calls do, we shift a direction very quickly. As you're listening to this call, consider... Are you a procrastinator? Are there things you want to do, things you feel like you should do, but you just don't seem to do them? Have you gone through a breakup and are blaming the other person or yourself or both? Do you relate to being a people pleaser? Is intimacy challenging for you? And would you like to teach your children some things you wish you would have been taught as a child? And be sure to listen to my breakdown after the call because I make a connection that I did not make in the actual session with Emma. So be sure to stay tuned till the end and on to my session with Emma. Hello, Emma. Welcome to the show. What's your question? 
Thanks, Christine. I love your show, first of all, and very excited to be calling you from Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my question is, I guess, based around I recently separated from my husband six months six months ago, probably now, and um, obviously I've been doing a lot of work through that, but in sort of trying to move forward and work out what I want to do, I've sort of found my passion in mindfulness um, and meditation and um, teaching that for, I'm a primary teacher, but teaching that to children and also then I've found that there's a real need for it with mums and um, parents as well but I'm just really struggling with I guess moving forward with that and with starting a business and um, I find myself procrastinating doubting myself if I can do it if I'm good enough mm-hmm. um, yeah so I'm just after some strategies I guess on ways that I can move forward I guess and try and make it something really great Well, it's probably a combination of strategy, you know, outward action and inward action. So uh, you mentioned you just got separated. How, how long ago was it? Six months. And how long were you together? Um, what were we? 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still. Yeah. uh, There's still a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big loss and a big transition, sweetheart. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. And when the emotion comes up around that, what what is the emotion about? Um, I guess um, a lot of sadness around, I guess, just that I've got two children. So I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of hope of having that, you know, that just that family unit and sort of, I guess, losing that and adjusting to the new, you know, how things are now and that that I won't ever have that I guess again that's one thing and just you know around sadness that it didn't work out and he actually was unfaithful so there was a lot of things obviously around that too yeah so just I feel like I've sort of processed processing it okay but it's still yeah. obviously is still very you know still very hurtful and sure. real yeah sure sure for for a lot of reasons so let's talk a little bit about some of the judgments you have on yourself with the separation, the divorce, him being unfaithful, all of those things. And when something happens, there's what happens and then there's what we make it mean. And you've heard me say that if we listen to the show. So let's talk a little bit and feel free to sound unevolved here. (laughs) I want to speak to the rawest (laughs) part of you. What have you made this divorce mean? What did you make his cheating mean about you, about him, about marriage? What meaning have you given to this? I guess I looked at, obviously, I wasn't, what was I doing that I wasn't good enough or that Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, enough for him to not do that and for things to, I guess, have worked out what I should have done and um, what I could have done and if, you know, all of those those sorts of things. I realised that I'm not, I wasn't a very good communicator, so I think that had a lot to do with the breakdown in our marriage and I think he had depression I also feel like maybe I didn't help him enough with that and support him to get the help that he needed um yeah okay oh and I appreciate your honesty because in all of these situations we have to take a hundred responsibility for our 50 percent and sometimes when someone else is unfaithful we 
put all the blame on them. And I really just want to acknowledge you for owning your end of things because it's important to look at because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And ultimately that's how we forgive ourselves. So you mentioned you weren't a good communicator. Can you talk a little bit more about how you showed up in the relationship that in hindsight you'd like to do differently moving forward? Yeah, definitely. I think that and I've sort of reflected back on growing up in my childhood that my family was never like my parents were. I didn't have good role models in that. No one shared difficult or hard feelings and reflecting back on very much a people pleaser. So I thought by not saying how I'm feeling or trying to, you know, upset things that that was the right thing to do. And then I was being a good partner and a good wife by doing that and doing what he wanted and doing that he didn't obviously want that and I can see clearly now that that does not make a successful relationship by, you know, not speaking your truth and saying how you're feeling but I still find that really difficult and I'm trying to obviously work on that but I think that was a massive, massive thing for me that just not being able to say it because I was worried what he'd think of me or what, you know. Right. Right. Well, and in a way that prevented intimacy, because when we withhold, even if it looks good when we're withholding, because people pleasing can look really good and, and feel like we're doing the quote unquote right thing. But when we're withholding anything, it blocks the intimacy. And in some ways, the other person may experience that as, as withholding love or being shut down or being distant. So in a way, you know, both of you had your participation in this, right? So it's like if he was dealing with depression, which is suppression, and you were dealing with kind of people pleasing and wearing a mask, that's also suppression. So we have two suppressed people in a relationship and that makes intimacy really challenging. So this is no one's fault. And I really want you to hear me when I say you really didn't do anything wrong. You were doing the best you could with the role models that you had, and it might have taken this separation. And is it for sure a divorce yet, or is it a separation? No, I think it is. We both realize that it's not, we're not going to, I mean, I think we sort of had a lot of, that sort of just caused so many issues over time. And I guess, like you said, the lack of intimacy and connection that I think that over such a long period of time, it's just not. And I know that he doesn't isn't in love with me and he said that as well. So I think, yeah, there's definitely no um, chance of us getting back together. Okay. Would you want to get back together if he was open to it or do you also see no, that? Okay. I think I, yeah, I think I see it too that it's, um, yeah, the best thing. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. Why is it the best thing? Because I, I don't think that, I don't think I feel that love anymore either and I sort of you know, and I have been looking at it too that I think maybe this was, you know, like you talk about different relationships come and they have a, you know, they're there for a reason but not maybe for the rest of your life. And I feel like maybe all of this is teaching me so much about, you know, if I didn't, this didn't happen and we just stayed together and things went along, well, I would never be learning this about myself. Right, um, right. Yeah. You'd never be willing to look at where you've had your own walls up and where you haven't been communicating and and where you've been wearing a mask. So again, like I just really want to commend you, Emma, for your, your spiritual perspective on this, you know, your altitude on this. You've really been able to see things from a less reactive place, which is not always easy, but is more loving. And what's still present is sort of these kind of 
competing intentions. There's a part of you that, although you're sad, realizes that the marriage may have had an expiration date and it took the unfaithfulness, and there's probably things even leading up to that. It took this separation to wake you up. You know, this was yeah. your your massive expectation hangover. So there's that. And there's a part of you that still is blaming yourself and still has the judgment of, well, maybe I didn't do enough or I should have known better. And that is what's impacting your ability to go out and start something new because you don't trust yourself right now. Yeah. What would it take for you to trust yourself? Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe... I sort of feel like I know know all these things that I should be doing and should, but I can't really get to actually feeling that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, how are you at really being loving and nurturing to yourself? How are you? What kind of partner are you to you? And I've been trying to focus on that as well. And it sort of goes, I tend to go up and down, like I'll go, really good for a month and I'll be like doing you know like eating well and doing all those things trying to look after myself and meditate and then I'll just go in a downward then it will go good and then I'll be like on a downward spiral for like this for a week and then I'll sort of go into self-sabotage mode right and then I'm like why are you doing this when I know that you know I feel terrible when I do that um, well well my sense is that you're not dealing with the emotional level I mean, it's real great to eat well and go to yoga and meditate, but but that's only physical, behavioral, and mental. Yeah. We, we've got to bring in the emotional level, and this is the thing that sabotaged or created to this dismantling of your marriage is the emotional level, speaking your feelings, allowing yourself to be a bit messy, not putting on the people-pleasing mask, not pretending you're fine when you're not is really what's up on your soul curriculum. Yeah. So until you really start to welcome the emotions and deal with things on an emotional level, you'll probably continue to have this cycle because you're it's not fully holistic yet. You're doing great. Like you've got a lot of the parts there, but we're missing the emotional part. I, I've been, and I think I've been doing a lot of work with trying to, when the emotions come up, feel them. But I think because over such a long period of time of push things down without feeling them sometimes it's quite confronting when it comes up and Mm -hmm. then I tend to cry all the black crying is my and then sometimes I feel because my husband he found that hard that whenever I would talk about something I would cry like that was my I think because I just suppress things for so long so when that sort of happens I still have the I sort of hold that in a bit um because mm-hmm. it sort of had that negative, I guess, with him. He found he couldn't talk to me because I was crying and mm-hmm. that tends to be comes up every time I something emotional comes up. Mm-hmm. And what do you tell yourself when you have a good cry? Like what's the internal commentary? I've been, I guess, over the past uh, few months, I've been trying to just let it, cry, like when I need to cry, just let it cry and not judge it. But I still, in the back of my head, have that. I wish that I didn't, you know, there's that right. voice in my head that still says to me, oh, I wish I didn't have to always cry so much all the time. So if you were teaching my a mindfulness class to a group of mothers, would you say, okay, so we're going to sit and we're going to listen to our breath 
and we're going to bring our mind into the present moment. But the whole time you're doing this, I want you to tell yourself that you're really bad at it and that it's really hard. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just tell them, just have to sit with it and ride that wave of the emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what would their, this is the other thing, when people start a meditation practice or a mindfulness practice, there's also a lot of self-judgment that comes up, right? Like, oh, my mind's always wondering and I, I can't sit still for more than one minute and it's just so hard for me. What do you tell them? Um, I, when they sorry, when they say that to me, well, I just yeah. we talk about that the mind that's not we talk about you know disassociating from your mind and that that's not who you are and to come back to the breath and yeah, right. So you don't tell them, hey, I meditation isn't for you. No, you, no, no. You, you tell them to stick it's, with it. Ex- yeah, stick with it. Everyone experiences that, and that's perfectly normal. Everyone's mind does that. Exactly. And so it's over time that the mind starts to be a little more quiet, right? Because we practice mindfulness. Yeah, exactly. We practice. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I love that we have your daughter in the background. Sorry. (laughs) She was very, very happily, get something out of the cupboard. Off you go. Sorry. Um, The last of the mother. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's okay. So I'm using this as to paint a picture for you because you're teaching mindfulness and you're teaching meditation. So you know how to hold a space mentally. What I'm encouraging you to do is do the same thing emotionally. So as you go into your mindfulness practice and you have that part of you that's encouraging and that's present and isn't judging the process, you've got to do that on the emotional level as well. of letting yourself have the feelings with that kind of compassion and not judging yourself that, oh, I don't like this and this should be over and why am I feeling this way, so on and so forth. And really, there's got to be some forgiveness work around thinking that the unfaithfulness was your fault because there's a a fine line between taking responsibility and self-blame. Yeah. Sometimes we think those two things have to go hand in hand and they don't. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So can you see where you're doing a great job of looking at the learnings? Yeah. But but there's a little bit of blame. And and because of that, there's a self-punishment that's going on and that's affecting your self-confidence, that's creating self-doubt. And when we have those things running, it's really hard to feel inspired to go out and start a business, especially a business when we're working with people on something like mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. Because then I'm like, oh, you, how can you be teaching this when you're still, you know, got all these things going on? And Right. When you're uh, still human? Yeah. 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 So let's work a little bit with the judgments and let's see if we can get you into a little bit of, of self-forgiveness. So we heard your daughter in the background so we can use, use her that that'll help you get into the feeling of compassion. So if you can just close your eyes for a moment, Emma, just take a deep breath. And I want you to Fill yourself with the feeling of compassion and use your daughter as a reference point. Think of how much you love her and how much compassion you have for her when she's going through anything tough. And feel that feeling of compassion like a pink blanket just washing over you. 
And just give me a yes when you start to feel that feeling. Yes. Okay, beautiful. And now what I want you to do is turn that compassion onto yourself. So picture yourself when you were a little girl or an adolescent or a teenager. And picture yourself in a home where there wasn't really a model of intimacy and honest communication. And just extend that compassion onto yourself. And while doing that, moving into full acceptance of the life curriculum that you chose. And then also looking at yourself as a wife and in the 11 years that you were with your ex-husband with that same feeling of compassion. And with that feeling of compassion, I just want you to say out loud some things you'd like to forgive yourself for. So it can be judgments against yourself. It can be misunderstandings you bought into. Again, from this place of compassion, because the energy these words rides on is so important. What do you want to forgive yourself for? Um, I forgive myself for not always not speaking my truth, not saying how I was feeling and being true to that. What else? I guess I just want to acknowledge that I did did the best that I best that I could with what I knew. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that I could have done better. Yeah, I forgive myself for thinking that I could have done better. And there's probably. Something around taking the unfaithfulness personally. Yep. And I guess that I forgive myself for thinking that that was partly my fault, that he was unfaithful. That I wasn't enough in some way. That I wasn't enough in some way. Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for judging myself as not a good wife. I give myself for judging myself as not a good wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? To give myself for, well, I guess I recognise that I, that putting people first isn't always, and being a people pleaser isn't necessarily a selfless thing that I deserve to put myself first and my feelings and express those Mm -hmm. yes and also I forgive myself for buying into the belief that I need to punish myself by not going after what I want yeah (sighs) because what you said earlier about a bit of the guilt you're feeling regarding your girls yeah is also contributing to the stagnation about following your own dreams. Yeah, because I feel like I've let them down as well. Correct. Yeah, they're not going to have have that, which my oldest daughter's, you know, she said all the time about how she wishes our family was together. And, um, yeah, that's obviously really hard. Mm-hmm. So you can't fix that, but you can empower her with tools you didn't have. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. give her space to feel her big feelings, you know, get expectation hangover and teach her release writing and teach her the temper tantrum technique and say to her, I really understand that you're angry and you're sad and you're entitled to those feelings. And I want to support you in releasing those in a healthy way so that, you know, you don't have to hold them in because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and teach her those things because this is, again, we can't change our past, but we can change our present and our future. And we can't change our parents, but we can change the way we parent ourselves and the way we parent our own children. Yeah, absolutely. Which has been awesome to think that I can now change that for her and she can have all these great skills hopefully going forward to, so that she can live a great life. So anytime you feel guilty, I want you to think about that investment in your energetic real estate. Guilt takes up a lot of energetic real estate. You could be using that to teach your daughters things. You could be using that to spend more time with them. You could be using that to create your business so your daughters see their mother happy and thriving and pursuing her dreams. You could be using that to process your own emotion. The guilt here... And the self-blame here is a major waste and it's detracting you from the things you can be doing for the sake of your children, the sake of your own emotional well-being and the sake of your mission. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to check in, you know, your initial question was about your business. (laughs) (laughs) What do you feel the answer is now? Oh, I think that I can say that a lot of this stuff is still blocking my ability to move move forward with that, definitely. Right. You've got to yeah. think you deserve it. You've yeah. got to stop punishing yourself. And you also have to take off the expectation or the pressure that you have to be perfect to teach these kind of things. The fact that you're going through this right now, oh my gosh, if you – design mindfulness and meditation processes for moms who are going through a divorce. Woo. I bet a lot of people would <laughs> yeah. really resonate with that. You yeah, know, absolutely. I can, I can yeah. see you doing a guided meditation where you're guiding people to go in and, and forgive themselves, you know, to do the process that you just did. Mm. So use this, use, maybe you've heard me say before on this show that the original definition of passion is suffering. And over time, we've evolved that to mean what we love. So use this suffering, use this richness, and let it impact your work. Let the rawness and vulnerability impact your work. Don't think you have to be this Zen Buddha, like, you know, (laughs) namaste girl all the time. Be vulnerable, be raw, and bring that into creating your business and your teaching. You will attract more people. You will resonate with more people the more raw and honest you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because I know that with people that I sort of, you know, follow and whatever, it's that's what you connect with, the people who are, um, yeah, honest and real and true about what yeah. they're going through and who they are. Yeah. So give me an example of something that you're procrastinating on doing right now. Um, I've got – I have run an online – I've, I've run a few trials of the online course and I've got really good feedback, but just putting the next ones out there and how to actually, I guess, move forward and promote it and sort of get it out there a bit more. That's probably where I'm sort of stuck on, ha- I guess. Have you done a meditation course for people going through a breakup 
or divorce? No, I haven't. No. No. How, how about that? Yeah, no, that could be great. Then you're sort of bringing out all your, I guess that's what I need to tap into that rather than thinking I don't want to, you know, yeah. use that. I think I sort of try and, you know, hide from that a little bit rather than probably using that as, like you said. Why hide it? Um, What's the judgment there? Yeah, judgment on myself, I guess, that I've, that whole thing that I've failed at, failed at the marriage and, you know, I'm happy to talk talk to people about it, but I still have a level of um, probably shame and around it. I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the shame about? I guess that I I don't know that somehow that whole thing about that I'm that I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't yeah probably a good enough wife to keep that together. And how many other people do you think feel that when they're going through a breakup? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> right. You're yeah. not alone, Emma. You're not alone. And this is where the people pleaser really gets in your way. Yeah. It's impacting your ability to impact. Yeah. Yeah. People pleasers aren't necessarily change makers. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I can see that that hasn't served me and I can see why, <laughs> why it doesn't. So, yeah. So if you really think about that, if you really think about, do I want to be a people pleaser or do I want to touch people's lives, which will you choose? Oh, touch people's lives. Absolutely. Okay. So from that place, how motivated or inspired do you feel to create an online meditation mindfulness practice for people going through a divorce or a breakup? Yeah, I think that I could, yeah, really build it to definitely help them because I feel like without all the skills and the tools that I've had that I would, I would be in a very different place. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So what's a first step that you could take towards creating that? I guess I could go back and look at, um, look at the course I've created and then look at what specific things and how I could sort of tweak that, I guess, to focus on, yeah, people that have got going through a separation or, or divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a powerful part would be to share some of your own story. You know, part of the quote unquote marketing would be, you know, an email to your list or however you market, sharing about what you recently went through and how meditation and mindfulness has helped you so much. And you just feel really compelled and called to share this process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels yeah, it feels good. I just still have that underlying like Ugh. I don't know, you know, but um, but definitely I think that totally makes, because I've becoming from a really authentic place of having been through it. Um, and the underlying lack of, what is that? <laughs> um, I guess just scared to be vulnerable about that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> um, no one, <laughs> no one signs up, I guess, or no one's interested. Which is the same thing that happens if you don't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the only thing is if you don't do it, then you're consistently judging yourself for not doing it. Yeah, which I am, yeah. Here's the other thing too. If you create this course, you will heal yourself. I don't care if no one signs up. The impact it will have on your life will be completely transformational. And that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, definitely. 
So are you worth it, Emma? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You are. As I said to Emma, I really acknowledge her level of self-awareness and the ownership she's taking. And I want to emphasize again here the importance of asking the question, what am I learning from this situation versus why did it happen to me? It is critical to our growth and healing to look at our part in situations, especially in a relationship. We're never 100% victims and we need to take 100% responsibility for our 50%. That said, we must do so without self-judgment, blame, or that shoulda, coulda, woulda thinking. We must accept we did the best we could at the time, and now we have an opportunity to do better moving forward. Like in Emma's case, in future relationships, she is learning to be more intimate. And you saw how that opportunity was already presenting itself in her work. She was playing out the same pattern that was in her marriage of withholding and people-pleasing in her business as she was with her husband. Instead of being really vulnerable, she was waiting until she was quote-unquote there and she felt ashamed of sharing what was really going on in her life. She's withholding. So I hope that she does take the learnings from her separation and integrates them immediately by being more open and communicative in her life. We want to avoid compartmentalizing lessons. The pattern that showed up in her marriage are not just to be healed in romantic relationships. I would hate for her to wait for another intimate relationship to practice all she's learning. It's time to be vulnerable and take off that people-pleasing mask now. I said this to Emma and I want to reiterate it to you. People crave intimacy, especially people that love us, care about us, or want to get to know us. They want to know us and feel like they are getting the real us, the whole us, It's hard to love someone that's wearing a mask or people-pleasing all the time because we really don't know how they feel. I recently experienced this in my own life in a newer relationship when I said to the person, I feel like there's a lot going on in your head that's not actually coming out of your mouth. No matter what it is, it would be a true gift to me if you shared it. I'd rather have you be honest than say what you think is right or will impress me. This person pondered it for a moment and then gradually began to open up. And if they hadn't, I would have accepted where they are because we can't change people. Again, we can't change people. But I also would have pulled back from the relationship a little bit, knowing it would not be one where I could really have a true, deeper connection. So for those of you who withhold in the form of people-pleasing, perfection, not wanting to ruffle any feathers, wanting to get it right, or maybe because you just don't trust people, it's high time to look at that so you can have that true intimacy and connection in your life. A pattern that goes hand in hand with withholding is emotional suppression, which I spoke with Emma a lot about. Bringing acceptance and compassion to our feelings is the only way they move through us. And then once we feel them with that compassion instead of suppress them, that's how the forgiveness can really slip in. So some takeaways for you from this call. Is there something you actually need to feel so you can get to forgiveness? Can you give yourself the dignity of your process and let yourself have your feelings without the judgment? And then when you get to that place of compassion, move into self-forgiveness. Perhaps something you can do is write out your forgivenesses or even write a letter to yourself or another person. You don't have to send it, but writing really helps move the energy and helps us heal it. Second, take a look in your life. Where are you withholding? Where are you not being honest? Where are you people-pleasing? Where are you saying what you think you should say or what you think will make you look good or what makes you have some certain image or look perfect versus just being real and raw 
And being raw and real doesn't mean we just dump our emotional baggage on people. It's just telling them what's actually going on with us. That's how people get to know us. And so if you are going through something, can you channel it into something? Like I suggested to Emma to really use this divorce and separation and create an online meditation program for people going through that. I mean, how great would that be? There's so many people who are going through heartache who would love a meditation practice from someone who's going through it as well. As I said in last week's episode, we're often our own best client. So use it, use your pain, create something. And it doesn't have to be for work. You can create a painting, you can create a song, you can write for fun, whatever it is, channel that energy. And finally, if you are a parent, consider what you wish you would have had, what you wish someone would have taught you and give that to your children. If you are separated or divorced and you have kids and you're dealing with a lot of guilt about this, please take what I said to Emma to heart. That guilt is a bad investment of your energy. Your kids would benefit more from you teaching them how to deal with their big feelings, from you taking better care of yourself so they see a role model of someone who's living with intimacy, connection, vulnerability, empowerment, honesty, and self-responsibility. I know that it's painful to see our children suffer, but the guilt isn't helping. Sometimes I think it's impossible to be a parent and not feel guilt sometimes. But see if when you feel it, you can redirect that energy into something that truly is more loving. And before I sign off, just one last reminder, over it and on with it, the cart's only going to be open until October 20th. So go to christinehassler.com slash mastery. I am so excited to get into this course with all of you and be on the coaching calls with you and interact with you one-on-one and share all the videos and audios. I haven't been this excited about something in a really long time. So go look at the page. There's payment plans. We want to support you in making this work for you. All right, everybody. Happy to be back again, back home, sending you so much love and so many blessings. Until next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 